0: Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with Dysonomics Podcast. Who we are. Welcome back to the Dysonomics Podcast. As usual, a shout out to last week's guest, H Maneda, South London-based, super talented and lyrical, and just all-round charismatic rapper. Recently dropped a sick project called Fets for AP2. So make sure you check that out. He's got two videos out for Ben 10 and Big League, I believe, very, very good mixtape, got very reviews. So me and H we spoke about how we got into music, uh, his creativity, how he gets creative and what from his external life can mess with his creativity, his plans for the future, being independent versus being a label, the UK music scene, label politics, being blackboard, his creative process. all interesting stuff especially talking about streaming versus sending hard copies, touring, making making money during corona so make sure you check that episode out from last week very good episode and the visuals will be dropping soon on youtube and the whole thing will be going to my tier 3 patreon people them so make sure you look out for that a massive shout out i have to give out personally to the people them um spotify did a yearly wrap up which is really a glorified promotional tool for spotify but we enjoy it anyway somehow i managed to be in the top i was the 31st most listened to news podcast so that is a big achievement for me. I'm happy, and that's due to the lovely people like yourself listening to podcasts and sharing it and telling your friends. Obviously, where you compete with that's the BBC, The Guardian, Reuters, Financial Times, Bloomberg, The Economist, Radio One, all these, all these different outlets, and to be that high up as a dolo independent person, I'm quite proud of that, and that's simply because of you people. Next year, hopefully, there's no fall off. If you don't see me posted, that's because I fell off by wearing a full-off. We're trying to crack that top 20 next year and so on and so forth. So shout you out, especially to the international listeners. I was listening to you in more than 36 countries. That's crazy to me. Absolutely bonkers. Because obviously I speak from quite a heavy Black London-centric perspective, but I'm glad to see that that message can go broader and people can learn and enjoy and be entertained and laugh at the content that I put out for you lot. So blessings for that. Also, if you want to see better content, Patreon is important. Join patreondysonomics.com. I mean, patreon.com for Side or just download the app and search Dysonomics. You're going to see a couple of posts in the next two days, got regard- so a couple of written posts. One will be free for the public, one will be just strictly be for Patreon members. And you should see the H. episode and visuals up this week. So make sure you join the Patreon because that helps me help you. Know what I'm saying? And finally, Trending Sundays is back, and that's trending without a G. From the us on Instagram, this is an event thrown by me and my guy Big Man Yus for people to come and catch a vibe. So obviously we're in COVID, so it's a COVID compliant energy. You can it's unlimited pieces of every ticket. You can get a drink, you can get a shisha, you can catch a little dance by your table, you can come with friends, you know what I mean? There's music, shout out DJ S2 shelling it down last week. Tickets are out for Friday 11th and Friday the 18th. So don't make, make sure you don't like cause so many people didn't get the tickets for our launch, our relaunch on Friday the 4th. Even my own friends couldn't get in cause some people turned up late or it reached capacity. Don't worry, we're gonna make sure that never happens again. A bit of miscommunication but we won't make sure that don't happen again. So you won't face that issue, but make sure you do get your tickets and make sure you do come promptly and Doroughby will sort you out anyway. So don't lack on the tickets. Friday the 4th was absolutely shut down. We had people queuing in to get in. So don't lack, make sure you come and have a good time. Of course, in a COVID compliant manner. This week's podcast is going to be different to last week's with H. Obviously last week was a more of a discussion with a creative, So we're more talking across these, across these journey and trying to get some information for other people who are creative. This week we're more back on a finance economics level and this is more domestic economics. We're talking about a very interesting to me, but very important topic for all of us. I think the famous quote is, there's only two things certain in life, death and taxes. Well, this week's podcast, we're gonna be talking about the less morbid version well, depending on how you view things, and that is tax. But we're talking on two specific ones. We've got one that is more of an informal name, and that's the bedroom tax, which was brought in in 2012. And we're talking about council tax, which was brought in in 1993. These are two very different but interesting tax. They've both been heavily criticised. So I'm going to get into get into the nitty-and-gritty of both um, taxes, what they're brought in to do, if they achieved them, and what have you may. So yeah, let's get into this week's podcast council, and bedroom tax for them. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Welcome back, people, to Dysonomics podcast. We are talking tax. Yeah, tax season. Shout out tax going. So the first one we'll talk about is a tax known as the bedroom tax informally. So the Bedroom Tax is an informal UK government policy introduced in 2012 and which reduces the amount of housing benefit paid to people living in houses that are considered to have more bedrooms than required. And those are and these are for people living in, in council or social housing. This came to fruition in the Welfare Reform Act in 2012. Of course, this is done by the Conservative Party because they came to power with David Cameron in 2010. And these and these are the people that it impacts. If you are classed as having a spare bedroom, you and you, you're between the ages of sixteen and sixty five. Sorry, um, you get housing benefit, and you or you and you rent property from the local authority or housing association. So the aim of this was to reduce to kind of be more efficient in terms of people that are in houses that have more room than needed can downsize into smaller houses and people who need the bigger houses take those and also to consider- considerably reduce the housing benefit bill. So how can you work out if you have a spare room under this guidance? Well, if you have, if two children under the age of 16 are the same gender are expected to share, so for example I shared with my younger brothers when I used to live at home, Two children under the age of 10 are expected to share regardless of gender. So if you've got a little brother and a little sister, doesn't matter if you under the age of 10, the government are expecting you to share under the guidance of the informal bedroom tax. Essentially, you're allowed one bedroom per each person over the age of 16. So, that is the nature of the rules. So who is exempt for these rules? Because there's always exemptions for certain things. Well, the list is quite long. If you and your partner... If you or your partner is over the qualifying age of state pension credit, which is the age of 65. But if you are on universal credit, both of you will have to be over the age of 65, not just one. If you're an approved foster carer, you're allowed to have the extra room. If you have an adult child living at home who's with the armed forces, you can have the extra room. If you're an adult child at uni, but their main residence is your home. So let's say, for example, I'm a Londoner, So... If, for example, my younger brother went to the University of Hertfordshire, we live in Northwest, that's not too far, and didn't stay on campus, his main residence was home, then yeah, we will still qualify. However, if he has not spent substantial time at home for 52 weeks, then we don't qualify. And if we're on the universal credit, that's half to six months. If you receive care, support or supervision from your, from your landlord, then you are exempt. If you're in temporary accommodation because you're homeless, you're exempt. If you or your partner receive receive regular care overnight, you're also exempt. And finally, if your child is who is severely disabled and they're getting the middle or higher rate of disability living allowance, you're also exempt from these rules. So those are the exemptions to the quote unquote bedroom tax. Now, how does this work? Well your universal credit is cut by 14% for one extra bedroom. So if you have an extra bedroom, one extra, but if under these guidelines and you're not exempt, it is now deemed that you have one additional bedroom that you actually require according to the guidelines, your 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 universal credit is cut by 40%. If it's two or more, it's cut by a quarter, 25%. So that's a quite significant cut. The logic behind this I said earlier was like, tenants that don't need larger houses will now move to smaller houses because it's like, okay, cool. The incentive is, look, I've got two extra rooms. My universal credit is getting dropped by 25%. It makes more sense for me to downsize, still maintain the same level of universal credit I had before, and that then frees up that property that I've just downsized from to somebody else. And if I don't do that, then the housing bill is even lower. So it's a win-win situation. However... In 2012, in the House of Lords, Lloyd Freud said that, I remind the noble lords of the care argumentation. We do not think that the taxpayer should be expected to meet the cost of somewhere approaching one million spare bedrooms, a cost of around 0.5 billion pounds a year. Clearly this is unfair or socially different to those in a private rental sector who receive benefits based on their household need. So that was the, the, the popular argument then. Now, however, does this actually work well in 2013 august the independent the newspaper released figures that argued that showed that 96 of the people who would be affected by the changes would be unable to move anywhere else due to a lack of available social housing and many of us have heard of this lack of social housing there's a housing crisis in general from social to the private rental sector so, although it's illegal to sublet a social tenancy, it's perfectly legal for social tenants in this situation to take in lodges to cover the extra costs and it's encouraged by the government, potentially. This provides a tenant of net profit and reduces the total number of people seeking alternative com- uh, accommodation. So that even incentivizes you to get like a young, you know what I mean, a young tenant and you're even making more bargain for your buck and you are not now leaving the premises. So you're in red, you're in the black. That is one of the, the loopholes. Also, this was meant to free up 300,000 social houses. However, in 2014, the BBC reported that just 6% of benefit claimers affected by the bedroom tax had actually moved The result. So if the key, ele- the key beti- behind you implement this policy is for people to downsize, 6% of the people that should be downsizing actually downsize, means 94% of them don't, that's a monumental failure. And it shows that your scheme doesn't work. In December 2015, the Department of Work and Pensions published data, and this is back in 2015, and found that no more than 8% have actually downsized. And here is the actual shocking part of it. How did this impact the people who um were affected by this bedroom tax? Well, according to the Department of Welfare, of Work and Pensions, shall I say, sorry. Three quarters of people impacted by the bedroom tax had to cut back on food. 46% had to cut back on heating and 33% had to cut back on travel. So three out of four people if impacted by this had to cut back on food. Almost Almost half of the people had to cut back on heating. And we know how cold it can get in Britain. And one in three had to cut back on travel. That could be impacting work, going to the gym, staying healthy, visiting friends and family. The mad thing is that this wasn't entirely unpopular. In November 2013, an opinion poll carried out um carried out by uh J found that more of the public supported rather than opposed the reduction of housing benef- housing benefits for underoccupying social tenants. The social the, the policy was um most popular amongst owner occupiers and least are popular among social renters obviously because owners yeah they probably want to get more pee they may they might not want those type of people in their properties whereas and social obviously the people renting socially they're the ones who's actually suffering so obviously it's not going to be popular for them in july 2014 yukov poll found that 49 percent of people opposed the bedroom tax and 41 percent of people supported it so quite mixed but you would you would expect it to be largely unpopular but as the years gone on it has become more and more unpopular so that was the bedroom tax in my opinion I don't I think it's a very very useless tax because it simply did not sit do what it set out to do. Now council tax which all of us are most likely have heard of was council tax council tax is simple the An annual fee you pay your local council for charge for services such as rubbish collection, libraries, etc., You normally pay a 10 month free installments. So for two months, you don't pay. So when you see a council tax uh, and your fee just divided by 10, and that's how much you pay per month, roughly. So count the history. Council tax was actually introduced in 1993. And this was after the the political disaster that was a poll tax. The poll tax was essentially introduced by Margaret Thatcher, a very popular figure, where it's essentially levied on each in, each individual and to the tune of 499 pounds. This was extremely unpopular. Most pro- mass massive pr- protests, massive riots and campaigns on non-payments and within se- was, was seven months of it being introduced, Margaret in Thatcher to resign. And John Major jumped in jumped in, in charge and he quickly announced its abolishment and then this is where the council tax came from. The reason why it wasn't unpopular is that you're, everybody in the country is paying the exact same tax but we all don't have the same circumstances and P. So the streets aren't having that. Now, council tax. So how much you pay is dependent on your personal circumstances, which band your property is in and how much your council needs to run things. So how much so how much money does my council need to be effective? Which band are my property is in? Is it A, B, C, D, F, G, or H? And what are my personal circumstances? So what does so that is what determines how much you pay. So what does our money do? Where when we pay our council tax, where does it go and how is it how is it utilized? Well, it's utilized on things such as pub police and fire services, leisure recreational projects like your local gym and leisure centre and sports grounds, Uh, library and educational services, rubbish and waste collection or disposal, transport and highway services such as cleaning the roads, making sure there's no potholes, making sure street lights are on and that and administrative tasks such as certificates for marriage, certificates for death and certificates for birth and of course local elections. So that is what our council tax goes towards. Now, how much do you pay? Well, this is this is where it gets more complex. It's not like a just a quick fee, like yo, like that bedroom tax, 14% if it's this, 25%, 25% if it's that. No, it's different. And it's entirely dependent on where you live and the value of your property. Now, here's the valuation bands. Remember I said there was A to H. So if you're in band A, you're, the, the, the range, it goes for properties up to the value of 40,000 pounds. Value um, band B is 40,000 to 52,000 pounds. Band C is 52 to 68,000 pounds. Band D, 68 to 88,000 pounds. Band E, 88 to 120,000 pounds. Band F, 120 grand to 160 grand. Band G, 160 grand to 320 grand. And band H, anything above 320 grand, which clearly is going to signal some problems, which I'll get onto later. Now, so, so for some quick examples of council taxes in Bandy, Wandsworth, they pay £800 a year. And the more expensive ones, Kingston upon Thames they pay £1,945 a year. Uh, Richmond pay £1,872 per year. Now, in terms of the numbers, according to City of London, as of 20 to 20, uh, the 20 to 21 um, year, um, financial year, which will end in April of next year, the numbers have increased by three point six percent. So council tax has gone up by three point six percent. And here's the average per band, and this is in um, London: six hundred and seventy-one pounds per year in Band A. Do want, let me give you the monthly figures. So sixty-seven pounds and fourteen pence in Band A, seventy-eight pounds and thirty-four pence in Band B. Eighty nine pounds and fifty three pence in band C. a hundred pounds and seventy two pence in band D, one hundred twenty three quid and eleven pence in band E. Who's calling me? Oh. Sorry about that, gang. In band F, 145 £100, pounds and forty eight pence. In band G, one hundred sixty seven pounds and eighty seven pence. And in band H. £201 or 43 pence. So that's quite pricey for you if you're in band H. And a lot of properties in London tend to be a band H simply because of the house prices. Now, does everybody have to pay this? Is it possible to get a reduction? Of course it is. Now, here are the stipulations for getting a reduction in council tax. One, if you're on a low income. Another, if you're a student or you live with students. If you live alone or you're the only adult in a home. So, such as maybe like myself, or like living in my own house, like having in my own apartment, or maybe like a single mom or single dad. If you're on Jobseekers' Job Support, um, job seekers Allowance, Income Support, Pension Credit, or Universal Credit. If you're someone who live, so if someone, if you or someone you live with has a disability, or yourself that's causing you to live in a larger home. If you're severely mentally impaired, or live with somebody who is unfortunately severely mentally impaired. If you are a care leaver, if you're a member of the armed forces, if you've moved into a care home or hospital, or if you're in prison. Unless, of course, you went to prison for not paying council tax, then you you can't get a reduction. So those are the rules in terms of getting a reduction in your council tax. Now, there's three ways our local councils get funded. Councils get funded by council tax. They also get funded by business rates where... This is a property tax levied on business premises. So depending on, on the value of the business premises, that's the business rates. And we, they also get funded by government grants. So that's the gov for the main government giving each local council some cash. Now, if we look at 1819 financial year in terms of the pie on how local councils get their money, 31%, so almost one and three pounds received by the local council is from the government central government half of it 52% is from the, what they gain from council tax and 17% of it is what they gain from business rates now why this is the issue is because grants ever since 2010 when the Tories came in charge due to austerity have been cut by 60% hence why so many people have been complaining and seeing stretches in their services from their local council because a lot of their money a third of their money has seen a 60% hit now the issue people have with council tax is that instead of looking at the value of each property, they're all placed in one fat band, and the bands are very broad. For example, band H, anything above three hundred twenty k is in the same band. So my house can be so a house for three hundred twenty one thousand pounds can be in the same band as a house for three for thirty million. So if you take an area like Kensington, the London Borough of Kensington, and we saw with Grenfell what some of the properties can look like and how uh, the income and the social economic class of some people in that borough can be, compare like one of these type of properties or flats to a swanky um, property from a billionaire. How can you be paying the same council tax rates? It's absurd. Totally absurd. Also, for decades almost three decades there hasn't been any re-evaluation of properties and when you think about it when you look at the wealth yeah in London how the value of properties have gone up severely as I said all the properties in London have gone up almost all of them you ain't gonna really see properties in London less than 220 grand so there has to be some it has to be more specific has to be more sophisticated but unfortunately it's not so yeah That is council tax. So as you can tell, I'm not the biggest fan of either tax, but I would like to know what you think. What do you think of council tax? What do you think of the bedroom tax? Are you impacted by it? Are you, do you think, do you have any better suggestions for change? Do you need to know more information? Hit me up on hello at Dysonomics, Drop me an email. I'll read some of them out on the pods. If I get any, hopefully I do. Or hit me up on Instagram at Pod or at Dysonomics on Instagram and on Twitter as nomics. So yeah. Guys, remember to check out the Patreon, remember to check out trending, and also continue to like this pod, share this pod with your friends and family. Until next week, peace and blessings. Word to my G E V Thai. Sports Social Podcast Network.